Good afternoon. I'm Brent Holland. Welcome to the show. This afternoon, free speech. Rabbi Aaron Heyer joins us from the Simon Wiesenthal Center in Los Angeles, live on the phone. This afternoon, we look at free speech from a global perspective and also zoom in to a micro perspective right here at home on campuses. Rabbi Aaron Heyer. Well, I want to be clear for the record. I'm for free speech. I, if, if the um, enemies of Israel want to uh, say that Israel is guilty of X, Y, and Z, that is their right. I disagree with it vehemently. Sometimes I believe they cross the line, but free speech is a sacred right and an inalienable right in this country with very few restrictions. Free speech should be about the free exchange of ideas. That is why universities pride themselves in being bastions of free speech. The moment free speech degrades to that of the Wild West, where nobody can get a word in, mm-hmm. it, it's, the university no longer um, is doing, is predicated upon those tenets of free speech. Let's think about why free speech is in place. Uh, it's certainly, in, in, in many people's opinion, not so that speech degrades into uh, into free-for-all. This afternoon, a fundamental right, free speech. Rabbi Aaron Heyer joins us right now on Brent Holland. Folks, if you're just joining us today, our guest today is none other than Rabbi Aaron Iyer. He is with the Simon Wiesenthal Center, and we are talking about, of course, freedom of speech on campus. What is acceptable? Is there anything that's not acceptable in your view, Rabbi Aaron? Well, I feel that... Uh, let me begin by speaking about the positive, about uh, how important free speech is. Is that okay if I, Absolutely, if I begin with sir. that? Absolutely, sir. What I feel is happening now, and it's very ironic, those who test the limits of free speech, those who hate Israel, those who uh, are very critical of uh, often of Jewish speakers and Jewish programs, they are exercising their, a full spectrum, full range of, uh, of the spectrum when it comes to free speech. Israel Apartheid Week, for example, is rolled out on so many different campuses. They are even, many times they... They slant the truth, distort it to the extent that you have to you have to thank the fact that we're all living in America where everyone has the right to free speech. So I find it so ironic that those who live under the protection umbrella of free speech are shutting down pro-Israel and pro-Jewish free speech. 
That is the great irony present here. How are they doing that, sir? Case after case of Israeli ambassadors, of consul generals, or those with a uh, pro-Israeli view being invited by campuses, whether it's Oxford, Manchester, San Jose State University, University of California, Irvine, and there are people in the crowd who obstruct the speech. Let's go into Irvine right away, sir. Okay. Because that's a recent one, and that's prominent in the news, and let's discuss that. Folks, if you're just joining us, Rabbi Aaron Hare is our guest today, of course, from the Simon Wiesenthal Center in Los Angeles. He's on the phone live with us this afternoon. Information on Simon Wiesenthal can be found at the www.brenthollandshow.com website. Just click on the rabbi's picture right there. That'll take you to the Simon Wiesenthal Center right online. And Brent, I want to thank you for uh, having me on your show today. It is my great pleasure, my friend, my great pleasure. Anytime we can have an opportunity to speak about freedom of speech and freedom in any sense, I think it is paramount to have people come on and speak. We certainly don't want to go in the other direction at all. That's for sure. You're absolutely right. And um, I I want to uh, begin now that you've... uh, We're agreeing to open up the University of California Irvine Pandora's box. Yes, sir. I want to begin by saying that in my opinion... Uh, President Ahmadinejad was treated better in terms of of being allowed to deliver his speech than the Israeli ambassador Michael Oren was at that event at UC Irvine. President Ahmadinejad, for those of you that are wondering who that is, that is the Iranian president from Iran, of course, and uh, he visited, oh, geez, what university? Was it Cornell? Columbia University. Columbia Columbia University uh, several years ago and was able to give a, a free speech. Correct. And the video of how Michael Oren uh, was disrupted by 11 different students uh, to the point where there wasn't even time for question and answer period afterwards. Imagine a a rock performer uh, playing a song and not getting through 30 seconds without multiple interruptions. Mm, That's a good analogy, I feel. What was so volatile in his message that people stood up ad nauseum to interrupt. It's funny. He's a, I believe he's a Pulitzer Prize winner. He's a scholar. Mm-hmm. He's well-spoken. It wasn't his message. They were angry at the fact that someone from Israel was invited to speak on campus. They shut down his free speech because they didn't like where he was from. Anti-Semitism. Uh, Anti-Israelism, and, and in many cases, anti-Semitism, um, and I have uh, met with officials with the district attorney's office in Orange County. That's the county that deals with uh, UC Irvine. I've met with the Chancellor University, Chancellor Michael Drake. Now, the university has assured me that their own disciplinary uh, procedures will go ahead and that these 11 students will uh, face disciplinary charges of some sort. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com What is the extent of the charges that are laid against them? Are they criminal charges? That's that's a great question. Um, What I can tell you is this. The university has its own right 
to demand certain behavior from people. And the chancellor, uh, I believe, wants to make it clear that uh, people should be allowed to finish their speeches on campus. So that is a private disciplinary process. Now, under California law, there is a section known of the penal code known as 403, which says you may not roughly um, um, Just disrupt a mm -hmm. public gathering or a gathering, or, or put an end to a meeting. However, the Supreme Court has made that such a tough statute to uh, prosecute anybody under that I believe it hasn't been done in 30 years. So it is an uphill battle to try and win this under California law. Folks, if you're just joining us, our guest today, Rabbi Aaron Mayer is, uh, Ayer, pardon me, is joining us, and we're speaking about free speech. We're speaking about free speech right now in a microcosm, in particular the University of Irvine, where the ambassador for Israel was speaking and was interrupted many, many times, and therefore his free speech was interrupted. So we're speaking about a microcosm, but let's look at it at a macrocosm as well. Certainly you're not advocating the stoppage of protest, nonviolent protest? No. Actually, I'm working with um, investigators yes, towards, hopefully, towards creating a policy. Uh, I, I'm not sure, this is my hope, where the rules will be laid down. So, for example, let's say it was made clear that if you warned hecklers in a certain way that if they keep doing this, they will violate California law. If we can get that policy in clear writing, then every time a meeting happens, we'll have the official read those instructions out at the beginning of the meeting. If we, mm -hmm. right, if we can crystallize the law, then people can heckle or demonstrate up to a point, and then we know that the meeting has to be allowed to proceed. So that freedom of speech will reign supreme. Right, because you can't use your freedom of speech, in, in my opinion, and hopefully in the law's opinion, to shut down somebody else's freedom of speech. Let's go back now. Are there parallels that are in place that we can derive lessons from the civil rights struggle in the early 60s, late 50s? Well, I'm not a lawyer by trade, so I have to be honest um, that trying to uh, look at precedent would be something I'd like to research before speaking about. But I, I think it is clear from American history that, um, that free speech uh, is about the, the cross-pollination of ideas. Both sides, or multiple sides, should be able to get in their opinions. The moment one side is precluded from the mosaic is the moment that free speech is undermined. Here in Canada, Rabbi, we have something called hate speech laws. And essentially what those are is you can't come out and speak venom against another person or indeed another race or another minority in any sense. I know those types of laws are not in place in the United States. Would you like to see something along those lines actually implemented in the United States through Congress? You know, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I'd have to know uh, the details. Obviously, mm -hmm. um, as a Jew, I find many things offensive. But America prides itself on being the place where free speech reigns supreme. So what, what I will say is that in this case, university has a right. They have their own code of ethics. 
Yes, sir. They do curtail free speech. Hate speech is not allowed at many universities. So mm -hmm. they have a right to punish um, those who use hate speech, uh, and therefore the, the, the state need not have to uh, promulgate a law necessarily in those cases. In other words, there is a protocol in place. There's a mechanism in place. We just want to see it work. Absolutely. Folks, our guest today, Rabbi Aaron Ayer, and um, you could get his coordinates at the www.brenthollandshow.com website. We're talking about free speech on campus. Now, I've always looked at universities as a bastion of free thought, free speech, free expression. It is a place that people come together to exchange ideas in an environment made so that those types of things can transact there. It is a place where barriers should come down and bridges are built. How is this not inducive, this constant interrupting of free speech? How is this not inducive to that context? Well, free speech should be about the free exchange of ideas. That is why universities pride themselves in being bastions to free speech. The moment free speech degrades to that of the Wild West, where nobody can get a word in. Mm -hmm. it, it's, the university no longer um, is doing, is predicated upon those tenets of free speech. Let's think about why free speech is in place. Uh, it's certainly, in, in, in many people's opinion, not so that speech degrades into, uh, into free-for-all. What you saw in the video, and I urge all your listeners to go to the video, just Google Ambassador Michael Oren, Univer University of California, Irvine. Uh, that can't be the prettiest moment for sp free speech. Not a shining moment in any sense. And folks, I will put that link, www.brenthollandshow.com. Uh, imagine running all over campus to every um, t class being taught and disrupting it in the name of free speech. Ludicrous. How would anybody learn anything? At the beginning of the show, we started to talk a little bit. You touched on Israel Apartheid Week. It yes. is that week when I shudder and millions of other people shudder across campuses, right across North America and indeed the world now. How is Israel Apartheid Week equal to anti-Semitism? Why is it just not civil disobedience and perhaps protest? Well, I, I want to be clear for the record. I'm for free speech. I, if, if the um, enemies of Israel want to uh, say that Israel is guilty of X, Y, and Z, that is their right. I disagree with it vehemently. Sometimes I believe they cross the line, but free speech is a sacred right and an inalienable right in this country with very few restrictions. What I feel the Jewish response should be is not to respond, but stop being responsive, become proactive. Have a million of your own programs. I get so many calls about how incensed people are when it comes to seeing uh, Israel Apartheid Week. My answer is if you're working on your own Jewish pride, your own Jewish identity, you have vigorous programming, who is stopping us from having a thousand programs a year? So I'm not sure there is much to do when other people exercise their free speech even when they're distorting the truth. If somebody you know, says Israel's an apartheid country, Jimmy Carter, 
that's his right under American law. That's right. Even if I disagree with him. The answer is to write 20 books that are better than his book, telling the truth. I like the proactive approach. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com And folks, it's not only about Jewish versus the rest of the world. I don't like what I'm seeing in the world right now. I haven't liked it for years, seeing anti-Semitism on the rise. You know, last year I attended a lecture right here in Canada, Laurentian University, and I don't hide this fact. I was accosted for speaking out about a blatant lie that was told about the Jews. Um, A fellow from Palestine House in Toronto came up to Laurentian University to give a speech during apartheid week and said that Jews had committed genocide. When I asked him point blank if he supported the targeting of women and children in Israel, He said, yes, resistance. This nonsense has to stop. I I commend you. Thank you, sir. You know, I I want to tell your listeners... Yes, sir. ...that the reason... uh, What the the promoters of the Israel apartheid wall don't want you to know is that there is basically very few human rights in the countries they represent. If you look at uh, countries in the Middle East other than Israel terrible record on women's rights, freedom of religion. Try going to Saudi Arabia and finding a mm. church or a synagogue. Impossible. Uh, I want to know when the next gay pride parade is coming to Mecca. Mm. There is simply, they have a zero when it comes to human rights. Israel is clearly much more of a democracy than they are. And that's what they don't want you to know. They're Precisely. hiding behind their programming, but they're not telling you the truth. They're not telling you the truth at all. No. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website, www.brenthollandshow.com. Are there any, do you feel that there are any criticisms of Israel during Apartheid Week that are legitimate? And can we discuss those, if there are any? Every Jew is a critic of Israel and has a right to be. Uh, Israel uh, is a democracy and everybody has a different opinion. Um, I think there are, uh, uh, it's a complicated matter, and I think there are, everyone wants peace, everyone wants, I believe, a two-state solution, that's the only one that's going to work. Yes, sir. And yes, Israel can always be doing things a little bit better, but let's put it in context, compared to the egregious offenses of those countries around her. I mean, if I urge everyone to study the history of the Middle East, read Righteous Victims by historian Benny Morris. Mm-hmm. Palestinians and the Arab world have had chance after chance after chance to try and create a better life for themselves and have refused to do so. There has been an uninterrupted Jewish presence in Israel since 1200 BCE, definitely before there were any Palestinians on the horizon. So mm-hmm. people need to, to get the right books and study history and see the shenanigans uh, uh, in, in the Israel Apartheid Week, see behind the, uh, what they want you to see, and see the real shenanigans that are at the basis of their programming. You touched on a very important part. It's imperative to make the correct decisions, and the only way to do that is through education. 
do your own studying, question everything, 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 everything. Read as much as you can on the subject, absorb it, and then make your own decision based on your own knowledge. Just don't take verbatim what is being thrown at you on campuses as the gospel. Exactly. Stick to uh, good textbooks. Find out about the human rights records of uh, the countries in the Middle East. And uh, I agree with you. Go on the Internet. And get Lots, of places. Lots of places. Um, can I thank you for, uh, for allowing me this time? You're very welcome, my friend. One final question I ask yeah. every guest is, you are virtually speaking to every university student from coast to coast to coast. We have three coasts here in Canada. What would you say to them? I would say to them, I'd really reiterate what you just said. Get to the truth. There are multiple versions of the truth. You know, there's a famous physicist, Niles Bohr, a recipient mm -hmm. of, uh, in physics of the Nobel Prize, and he, he said something to the effect of this. There are profound truths whose opposite are equally true, and there are superficial truths whose opposite are equally false. Um, there are many versions of truth, and they're all good, but then there are many versions of untruths. And what people have to do, especially during Israel Apartheid Week, is get the facts subscribe to the real truth, and don't even waste your time dealing with many of the lies. They, they don't even get, have a right to sit at the table of truth. They're non-truths. They're not worth anyone's effort, energy, or time. I want to thank Rabbi Aaron Ayers for coming on the show this afternoon and telling us his views on freedom of speech on campus on a microcosm and freedom of speech in general on a macrocosm. From the Simon Wiesenthal Center, www.brenthollandshow.com. Coordinates are there, and the video he was talking about, the video of Irvine will be there also. The link will be there for you. You just click on that, and you can download. Brent, thank you so much. Thank you, my friend, and shalom. Shalom, be well. I want to thank Rabbi Aaron Heyer for joining us from the Simon Wiesenthal Center this afternoon, all the way from Los Angeles, to discuss an essential subject, certainly from all times and especially now on free speech. Coming up on future shows of Brent Holland, Tom Lipscomb joins us. Tom Lipscomb went down to Bolivia a short time after Che Guevara was murdered and executed and brought back with him not only Che Guevara's personal diaries, but an incredible tale of intrigue that should be made into a feature film. So I arrive in La Paz, Bolivia in Che Guevara was killed, executed in like October. Supposedly, the Bolivian government had captured the diaries of Che Guevara and a bunch of his various revolutionaries. I didn't have, which is suitcases full of money to bribe people. Saul gave me a credit card with a very low limit on it. Said, go down and see what you could do. Well, it's, La Paz became the party town of the Western world because we had all these hot shots getting together in the, the way all, all media circuses are the same. You all get together in the same bars and swap mm -hmm. rumors as what minister so-and-so said to who and who's on the inside. And, and I was staying in this hotel and out my window was this huge volcano in the Andes called Ilamani. So that's kind of how it went uh, until I met with the president, Barrientos, who was a pretty smart guy. And I said to him, I said, I said, that was very interesting. 
what you did with Guevara. He said, what do you mean? I said, you shot him. He said, he said well, he, I gather the people up there executed him. I said, yeah, you had him shot so that he couldn't become a show trial and do you more damage as a living guy in your jail than he could do as a corpse. As a martyr. As a martyr. And I said, and I'll bet there's one person in the world who thanks you for it. And he said, who? And he smoked out a cigar. I said, I said, Fidel Castro. Yeah. You're listening to The Brent Holland Show. For more information on today's guests, as well as free podcasts and downloads, please go to the www.brenthollandshow.com website. www.brenthollandshow.com Another future show on The Brent Holland Show, Theo Fleury joins us. Theo Fleury, of course, lived every Canadian kid's dream. Grew up in a small town, hockey was his way out, made it to the top of the NHL, had an exceptional career, captain of the Calgary Flames, gold medal winner for Team Canada at the Olympics, but there was a darker side, a side to Theo Fleury that he wanted to keep hidden, a side of sexual abuse, substance abuse, and self-abuse. First, I want to talk about that day with the gun and the bullet. Mm. Well, I don't really remember you know, going to the pawn shop. But I do remember that moment of truth when I had the gun loaded and the barrel in my mouth that, you know, that was the moment of truth. And uh, seconds before I was getting ready to pull the trigger, something clicked in my head that said, you've never quit anything in your life. Why are you doing this now? Also coming up on the Brent Holland Show, David Suzuki and a story of his early childhood that many of you may not be aware of. And World War II happened. And suddenly, my mother and father, who were born and raised in Canada, had never been to Japan, were treated as enemy aliens. Under the War Measures Act, we were selected only because we were racially distinct. This didn't happen with the Germans or the Italians, who were born in Canada, only the Japanese. We were then deprived of all rights, thrown into camps. Our possessions were basically taken over and then ultimately sold for next to nothing. And the money that was obtained was used to pay for our maintenance in the camps. So for my mother and father, who were in their early 30s, this was absolutely shattering because they were Canadians. Mm -hmm. They knew no other country had suddenly said, you have no rights and moved us into camps was a very, very bitter pill for them. When the war came to an end, British Columbia said, we don't want any more Japs in this province. And so they gave us two choices. Give up your citizenship and we'll give you a one-way ticket to Japan or get out of British Columbia. Just to let folks know, our email address, brenthollandshow at gmail.com, brenthollandshow at gmail.com. I will read all the emails and will respond. Thank you all for listening. I'm Brent Holland. See you next time.
conséquence de mes ennuis. Dans son nuit, car l'amour que tu me donnes Sous-titrage 